0: Hey guys, my name is Emma Lasco, and this is The Pilot's Pandemic. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Hi, my name is Matt and I live in Sacramento, California. And right now I'm currently trying to obtain my third class medical certificate from the FAA. And, uh, it's been quite a long process, but, uh, that's, uh, currently what I'm dealing.
0: Oh, well, hi, Matt. Thanks for coming on the show today. We appreciate you being here. Um, and I'm so excited to share your story. So, um, I always ask everyone that I talk to, um, you know, how are you today? And I mean, that kind of sincerely, I really want to know, you know, how are you?
1: I'm doing all right. Just, uh, uh got uh, the usual going on over here which is just uh school, work and uh the gym and uh also uh dealing with the uh FAA's process and my medical so and that's yeah. been going on for a while.
0: Oh, goodness. Well, I definitely really wanted to talk about that. Um so Matt for, you know, the people who don't know you, um how why are you having such a hard time getting your medical?
1: The reason why um I'm having a hard time with obtaining my medical is because of my history of type one diabetes and also a couple of seizures that I had back in 2019. Um, Now I've been a type one diabetic for almost 14 years now at this point. And for the most part, I have been uh, extremely well controlled um, and my blood sugars are stable. Um, I'm able to calculate my insulin ratios just fine. And also fitness has helped out significantly with uh maintaining my health uh, almost to a non-diabetic level. Wow. Um however, um because I had a couple of seizures in 2019, they were related to vaping at the time because I oh, used Wow, to vap- oh my
0: gosh. And that yeah. is interesting. That is very interesting. Um he, he, tell us about that
1: yeah so for a time back uh, back in 2019 I used to vape for a, quite a bit and mm-hmm. at first it started off as kind of just a recreational activity um, but also at the time I was working a full-time job and uh, was stressing out about that and also um, the FA's uh, process uh, at the time with uh, mm-hmm. other um, medical applicants, and uh, so at the time, I just I started to rely mostly on the nicotine as a way of uh, kind of uh, keeping myself relaxed yeah. uh, or taking the edge off in a way. Yeah,
0: uh,
1: it, it helped me to stay calm. And so, unbeknownst to me at the time, the nicotine just gradually began to build up in my system because I was doing it um, nonstop every day. I would wake up in the morning. The first thing I would do was take a hit off of my vape box. And Damn. yeah. So, and as... so were
0: you using like, And I know a little bit about vaping just cause my age and like, it's, it's such a common thing, um, these days. So it, were you like juuling or was it, did you have like a, um, like one, like the big vape, like the, I, I think they call it, it's like a box mod.
1: Yeah, I had the box mod uh, at Dang, the time, okay. and yeah, so I, I was doing it uh, so much to the point where nicotine it built up in my system, and so that was what led to the seizures, um, according oh. to according to my neurologist, because there have been cases um, uh, all around the world of uh, people. Um, suffering seizures also, uh, linked to vaping in the past. And so I believe that's what happened with me. And, um, so I got an MRI and a EEG scan done after, uh, the second seizures, uh, the second mm-hmm. seizure that I had. And thankfully I do not have epilepsy, epilepsy or any other, um, neurological disorders. So that was what, um, Ultimately, led to my neurologist uh, yeah. diagnosing it as okay, it was a nicotine overdose. So, all right. And so, since then, I quit.
0: So nice, nice. I asked, I asked between the difference between the two because I know, um, Jules' been like linked to a bunch of bad stuff in the you know, like the past two, two, three years. Um, but at least, you know, it was something you, you were able to, you know, move on from. Geez, that's that sounds terrifying though. Um, but. I mean, what what is the FAA, like, what, what are they making you do? Like, explain some of the hoops you're having to jump through um, to try and get, and you're trying to obtain your third class medical, right?
1: Yes. So I'm trying to obtain my third class. Initially, I was going for my first uh, because uh, back in November of 2019, the FAA announced a formal uh, policy for diabetics who are seeking their first or second class so that they can fly for hire. Mm -hmm. But, but I decided to go for my third as I'm just trying to build hours up. I'm trying to go for my PPL. And, um, so I don't need my first or second class just yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, some of the hoops that they're making me jump through my process is, uh, significantly longer than it should be. Had I not experienced the seizures, um, because, um, so along with the, let me break down the uh, the normal policy for yeah, go for th- it uh, for diabetic um seeking their medical and uh, it doesn't matter what class it's for. Um, this goes for all classes. So mm-hmm. the FAA wants uh, about uh, six to five years um, uh, is what they asked me of uh, medical history of my diabetes. So I provided them that, and that mm-hmm. was probably over a thousand pages in PDFs. Wow. And, um, yeah, so it was crazy. And so, uh, so they want that plus they want a report from a op- ophthalmologist, a eye evaluation to, uh, determine, uh, the, uh, vision of the applicant, um, mm. so that they know their, so that they know that, uh, diabetes hasn't affected their vision in, uh, on any se- severe level. Gotcha. And so they want the... So they want those two things, plus they want a uh, cardiogram um, to uh, measure the, uh, I guess the, uh, uh, I guess the heartbeat of uh, mm-hmm. the, the cardiovascular um, condition of the applicant, so that um, they're not at risk for any heart disease or gotcha. any other, uh, any other ailments like that. So yeah, so they made me do those, plus they made me do a, a treadmill stress test. Um, I know
0: about that the stress test yeah
1: yeah, and the stress test is uh, optional um for applicants uh, mm-hmm. up until they're uh, forty years old um mm-hmm. but uh, I got mine done nonetheless because uh, yeah. it was recommended to me so
0: yeah
1: well yes yeah, wow. so so that's the uh so that's the uh main um uh, protocol um plus uh, along with that, they also want uh, lab uh, test results um, to determine the average blood sugar over a period of time mm-hmm. that the applicant mm-hmm. um, uh, currently has, um, and they they're looking for a um, certain level, uh, or I guess a certain reading. So, for for a diabetic who has an average blood sugar of um, of between 80 to uh, of between eighty to one eighty, uh, whatever the average is, in between there the FAA is uh, is generally okay with, so they had me okay. provide all of those things, and that process took probably a couple of months. Um, then, because of the seizures, they wanted me to get done a neuropsychological evaluation mm-hmm. um, which is um, designed to determine the uh, cognitive ability of a applicant. Um, so they measure their uh, visual acuity and um, uh, general cognitive function and how well they're able to make decisions or process information. And the reason why they wanted me to get that done was to uh, pretty much establish that the seizures that I had before didn't uh, affect me to uh, that level. Gotcha. And, yeah. And so that one also uh, took uh a long, a long time to complete because mm. I had to drive. I had to drive from Sacramento to San Francisco for that test. Um, it was uh, three grand out of my pocket, and the test, <sighs> and the Jeez. test, also took, uh, the test also took eight hours to complete.
0: God, well, Matt, I, I do. I just want to say, like, I'm sorry you're having to go through all of this. I mean, it sounds just extremely rigorous. I, I can't even imagine. Um, are do you think, I mean, you, are you getting any good news or how, where do you think you're about now as, as far as getting that third-class medical, you think it'll be soon or, um, are there, is there anything else that you've got to do that they're going to make you do?
1: Uh, as far as, um, whether or not the FAA will ask me to do anything else, uh, uh, your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea if they're going to ask me from, from this point on to mm-hmm. do anything else. um, I just sent them a packet um, of additional information yesterday mm-hmm. um, and uh, they should receive it by uh, Friday. But, uh, overall i I feel, um, I feel more confident now than I did before that, uh, I can uh, get my third class at least from now. Um, especially because, uh, I just got my report in from my neuropsychologist of the evaluation she did with me. And she told me that, uh, she doesn't uh, see uh, any um significant abnormalities in my health or um my uh, psychological or mental health that yeah. would, uh, that that should impair me from mm-hmm. uh, being a pilot so
0: awesome well that's good news like that seems awesome so you're i feel like we'll keep our fingers crossed maybe you know you're right around the corner um i know how it feels the wanting to get up there and and fly but speaking of like what what made you want to fly where did your passion for aviation begin
1: so um where i live i actually live in folsom california which is um uh 30 miles east of not 30 miles sorry 30 minutes east of uh sacramento Mm -hmm. so so i tell people i live in sacramento um you know just to keep it easy okay Um, but uh, anyway my passion for aviation began, um, when, uh, my mom took me to my first, uh, air show. Um,
0: Aww. I was,
1: yeah, I was around, uh, six, uh, seven years old at the time. And I was also not diabetic at the time. Um, so, uh, that, uh, I believe <clears throat> that I believe is where I got bitten by the aviation bug, if you will. Um, gotcha. and also the, uh, the location for the air show is uh, at a uh, decommissioned air force base, uh, which is about 15 minutes away from my house. And, um, but it also serves as uh, a hub for uh, UPS airlines. So every day I see UPS planes fly by my house. Um, that's and... so cool.
0: <laughs> I always, yeah. I, I would always have my head up. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's me pretty much every day. And um you know, when they're flying in, they're flying at low altitude because they're always landing um, uh, here at Mather Air Force Base. Um, So that coupled with my passion for travel, because um, I try to travel as much as I can, because it's just so fun to experience uh, different cultures and and lifestyles and um, uh, just uh, explore the scenery of uh, wherever you go. And so um my passion for aviation combined with my passion for travel uh I thought that being could probably be the greatest career that I could ever uh attain because essentially pilots are getting paid to travel so yeah
0: yeah well what what, I mean what do you want to do with your um aviation career speaking of are you thinking like airlines or you know um do you want to do cargo um military what are you thinking
1: Uh, If if I can, either commercial or cargo, um, provided that I can get my first class at the time. um, That would be my preferable career, but um, right now, well, actually, I transferred to Embry-Riddle.
0: Nice. uh, Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Um, I'm transferring to Embry-Riddle's online um, curriculum this coming fall, and my major is uh, unmanned aerial systems, so... And the reason why is because initially I was going for aeronautics, which is designed for students that want to graduate to be airline or military pilots. Um, but I decided to switch it to unmanned aerial. So that way, in case being a commercial or cargo pilot doesn't pan out for me, mm-hmm. then I still have a background, a degree in uh, drones. So and, and gotcha. also the dro- and also the drone industry is growing exponentially. But oh, yeah. Um, but if I can definitely would uh want to fly for a passenger airline cargo, maybe even charter you know whatever opportunity comes first obviously i'm gonna
0: take yeah it, so what would be your like what would be your dream like if you if if you literally could just like write your whole entire life what like who would you fly for
1: hmm. uh passenger wise american um, nice,
0: nice that's who my dad flew for. <laughs>
1: Oh, how about that? Yeah, that's awesome. my my
0: dad and my uncle they they were with them. Um, they started with them when, at like Piedmont. So Piedmont U.S. Airways, and then when U.S. Airways merged with American.
1: Very nice. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're on it. That's a great. That's a great airline. That's a good place to be. So hey, I, I don't know. If you got to manifest stuff, if you if you put those kind of things out into the universe, I kind of I believe that they will come back to you. So, um, but. Do you have have you flown yet at all? Um, do you have any hours in the logbook? Where are you at about?
1: I do have one hour um, nice. back in back, back in two thousand nineteen, actually, uh, right before um, uh, uh, my accidents that I had uh, about a few months before. I took a discovery flight at an airport um, about forty five minutes uh, north of me at a very small airport, and uh, took a discovery flight in a Cessna one seventy two and.
0: Um, that's what i fly
1: <laughs> yeah, nice that's awesome yeah um if i if i can eventually uh once i get my ppl i'd like to uh i'd like to fly something like a bonanza um yeah uh, yeah bonanzas are um uh, they're they're my favorites um in terms yeah. of small planes but anyway yeah nice. I you,
0: yeah
1: so uh took that discovery flight and um i tell you uh i mean you know um being in a small airplane like that uh, versus um, flying as a passenger in a, in a 737 or an airliner um, as such, it's, it's a whole different experience.
0: Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's so much more, in, it's like intimate. I, I can't explain it. It's like, you feel very like, um, you feel like a bird. Like that's how I've always felt in a small plane. I just, I feel like a bird. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you have the yoke r- right at your fingertips, so, yeah, yeah, uh, everything's right for.
0: there, yeah, that's awesome, that's awesome, but um you know, speaking of flying and all that, like do you have do you have any fears when it comes to flying, anything that you think might be a challenge for you when you like start flying and start training,
1: um, uh, from what I can uh, say right now, um I don't have. Uh, any fears, uh, strictly related to, uh, flying and, uh, training itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that once I get there, um, uh, that, uh, uh, the more I, the more I learn the information, um, and, uh, it becomes, uh, kind of a routine, then, uh, everything will kind of, uh, become second nature at that point. Um, because, uh, one saying that I heard, um, that, uh, I believe that uh, applies to aviation is uh practice makes permanent. Um uh meaning that uh the more that uh, one practices something um or um you know, just keeps repeating it uh, yeah. that uh it becomes uh kind of it becomes a permanent um uh, instinct, a, a a permanent routine for them. And so uh, that's why I don't really have uh, any fears when it comes to flying or training. The only fear um, related to aviation that I have is uh, uh, is the medical stuff.
0: So, yeah, yeah, like may- the the fear of not being able to fly.
1: Fear of not being able to fly, or even if I get my medical, um, uh, all the reevaluations down the road yeah. that I would have to take um, uh, because. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Because, as you know, the FAA will uh, dissect literally um, uh, everything. They'll dissect every last bit of uh, information, even if it's irrelevant. Um, So, yeah, yeah.
0: I can't I can't imagine. I know that's that's like that that fear is, you know, part of the fears that my dad had. And it's just it's insane how (laughs) how how they just they 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 pretty much breed it up or it's bred around fear like their whole everything in their policies i feel like it's very fear-based um they almost kind of it's like they want you to be on edge it's it's just unnerving i can't even imagine but if if in speaking like and i keep saying that speaking of but if you were speaking like to the fa right now like and like like just how we are talking right now what what would you want to say to them if you were just going to be really honest is there something or anything you would want to say to them?
1: Well, actually, I once wrote a letter to the FAA. It's uh, It was a very long one, too, discussing um, how far um, we have come in diabetes management and just medicine um, as a whole. But um, uh, really, to summarize it, uh, I mean, if I could uh, talk about what I want to say to the FAA, we would be here until next Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but uh, if I had to summarize it, I would say, um, uh, you know, us diabetics, we never asked for uh, what happened to us. Um, we never asked uh, to have this, uh, this ailing disease uh, where we have to uh, constantly monitor our blood sugars or insulin levels just so we can uh, stay alive. And yeah. uh, nobody should have to go through uh, that kind of uh, health management. But um, with how far type one diabetes management has come with insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring and dietary lifestyle changes, um, that opens up opportunity for all of us to um, to live our lives uh, as we would a non-diabetic and um, uh, be uh, perfectly healthy. And I mean, there's, uh, there's pilots, uh, all around, uh, the world outside of the United States now that, uh, are flying commercially with type one diabetes, yeah. uh, Canada, Canada, um, actually, uh, made a protocol for type one diabetics seeking to fly for, um, airlines before the FAA did in the United States. And I have a buddy of mine, uh, that flies for jazz air and he's a type one diabetic. And, wow. um, Yeah, and also I have another uh, friend here in the U.S. um, who actually um, just got back uh, with uh, SkyWest, and he's uh, a type Mm -hmm. 1 diabetic as well.
0: That's awesome. Um, That's awesome.
1: Yeah, um, Mm -hmm. so uh, that's another thing I'd say to the FAA. Another thing I would tell them also is we have to uh, stay on track with the other countries that are Mm -hmm. uh, following suit with – Uh, creating a protocol and living up to it because, because uh, this November, it will have been two years since the FAA announced their new policy for type one diabetics. And uh, since then they have had hundreds of applicants uh, looking either to start flying or get back in the cockpit um, because they lost their jobs upon diagnosis. And since that announcement, that the FAA made um, two years ago, uh, only around eight or nine of those pilots have actually been approved.
0: What? Are you serious? That's it? Yeah,
1: yeah that's it. Um, uh, around uh, around three of which I actually know personally, but um, uh, yeah, only around eight or nine of those uh, hundreds of diabetics have uh, been uh, approved to fly. Uh, the others are still waiting what? to hear back.
0: Why do you think the FAA is so hesitant about like do do you think they like do you have any idea why they would be why they're why they're so guarded about this why they're keeping it so strict and rigorous
1: Well the FAA I think their main fear that uh will probably never go away at this point I honestly don't see it happening is they are afraid a diabetic will pass out in the cockpit even if there's um uh, and even if there's another pilot uh in the cockpit to help take over the controls Mm -hmm. um and help uh, uh manage the situation or a crisis um they're still extremely fearful about that um so uh i believe that's uh what's causing um them to be so uh hesitant and also um, uh, to be fair, also the FAA, they take forever with, uh, processing these, uh, these applicants. They receive yeah. thousands of, uh, applications, uh, for special issuance also, especially, um, every day. And, uh, each one, uh, takes, uh, each one may take, uh, individual assessment by, uh, an expert. So I believe that's why the, uh, FAA is, uh, being extremely slow to the point where it's uh, kind of dragging at this point, yeah, and also not, and also not to mention that uh, COVID nineteen has slowed down a lot of oh, processes yeah.
0: for everyone. That is right. I always forget we're living amidst a pandemic right now. Jeez, it
1: always right? complicates
0: everything so much more. I know. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready for it all to just be over. I feel like we've been living in like a weird nightmare (laughs) but tell me about it has has diabetes affected you at all like in your personal life like outside of being you know trying to get your medical and stuff like that has it affected you in any other ways
1: uh I mean uh, it hasn't really affected uh my personal life in the way of my uh relationships with other people Mm -hmm. um uh, I've been able to um been able to keep up with that pretty well and uh, there haven't been any uh, you know significant uh, issues with that. Um, diabetes has affected my personal life uh, in a way where um, uh, a lot of times um, let's see it's uh it's a pretty uh, complicated uh issue and it's also very broad. Um, but um uh, I'll provide an example. So, yeah. You no, know, so I might be out to dinner with uh, some friends at uh, at a restaurant, mm-hmm. but uh, my blood sugar might be running a little bit higher than mm-hmm. I want it to be. Um, so it's outside of safe range. Um, so I give myself insulin to help bring my blood sugar down, um, but I'm also giving myself insulin to cover um, the carbohydrates for food that I'm. Uh, grabbing at the restaurant with my friends. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes it may, uh, take a while for my blood sugar to, to come back down and for the insulin to take effect. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I monitor it with, uh, a continuous glucose monitor. So sometimes, uh, my blood sugar might uh, take a little bit of extra time to, uh, stabilize. And then until then I'm not able really to, uh, eat anything and, so, uh, my friends are already done with dinner and, I'm yeah. still, and, I, and I still have a full plate in front of me. So, I yeah. mean, there, there, there's been examples, uh, like that. Um, but, um, uh, I mean, I can, many. I can and, see how that
0: kind of sucks, but it doesn't, is that I I'm assuming that doesn't, it's not something that happens very often.
1: No, it's not something that happens, uh, uh, too often, uh, mostly because I've, uh, at this point now, I, uh, my blood sugar pretty much uh, monitors uh, by itself with uh, the insulin pump that I have, coupled with my uh, blog monitor already, and uh, I make corrections as necessary. But uh, it's become uh, it's become very easy. Um, so situations like so are uh, pretty rare.
0: Nice, nice. Well, it's good that it, it's become so much more like manageable, but. I'm trying to think if like there was, oh yeah, um, you might've told me, but I I was curious, when were you diagnosed with diabetes?
1: I was diagnosed when I was nine years old and I am 23 now. So it's been 14 years.
0: Awesome. Well, not awesome, but like, I'm glad that you're, you know, able to live like a really healthy, active lifestyle with it. I don't know much about diabetes. Um, I, I knew one other person, I've known one person, who had diabetes and it never really seemed to like affect them other than like, sometimes we'd have to stop and get candy. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, right. like I'm down, like, let's go get some candy. Um, But yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, Matt, I, I really hope that like things will, you know, start looking out for you as far as getting your medical, um, you know, so I guess you said you don't really know at this point, you know, if they, they could, always request for you to have something else, I guess. Um, so it's kind of, you don't really know where this journey may end.
1: Yeah, I, I do not. Um, I applied for my medical and also had my, um, medical exam with my AME back in October and, um, it's March now. So it's been around, uh, six months of, um, of this process and, uh, a few months is, uh, Um, it's normal for a lot of special issuance, um, medical applicants, especially if they're diabetic. Um, but, uh, mine definitely has been, uh, dragging on for a while because, um, this last packet of information that I just sent, uh, to the FAA yesterday, um, that was the, uh, that was the third time in, uh, this whole six months they've asked me to send them additional information and they might they might need me to get another MRI or easy again, which I've also already done. So mm, goodness.
0: Well, I hope, I hope they don't, I hope they don't need much more from you and I hope, you know, they'll start reviewing it and the wheels will, and the gears are going to start turning for you. Cause I, I can't wait for you to start flying and really, really just start on your way and get into your journey in aviation. Um, and I'm sorry that you've been held back from it.
1: Well, that's okay. I mean, it's, uh, comes with the comes with the process of uh, of dealing with uh, these guys. Yeah, um, comes with but, the territory.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> y- uh, yep, exactly. Yep. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe in a couple weeks, a month, I should know. But yeah. uh, I but, but I, I I appreciate that. I really do.
0: Well, you keep us and keep me updated, and I will keep everyone updated. I know we're all going to be rooting for you. But um, thanks so much, Matt, for coming on the show today. This has been awesome.
1: Absolutely, it's been my pleasure.
0: Yeah, well, I look forward to hearing from you and maybe we'll have you on again soon once you've got all your stuff going and you're back up in the air. Okay,
1: sounds good to me. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you, Matt. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So
1: ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
0: Hey guys. So I wanted to get on here again and just give Matt a really big thank you for coming on the show and being so vulnerable with me. Um, You know, it it really makes you appreciate the things in life that were given to you so easily. I've I can't I can't imagine going through that and having to pay out of pocket that amount of money and go through all of that um, to just get a third class medical. Um, It makes you appreciate how easy it was for some of us to obtain ours. So I did want everyone to just take a moment to reflect and really be grateful for all the opportunities that you've been given because some of us aren't as lucky. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. See you next week.